Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah! All right, so week nine of the NFL season. The Rams are in Green Bay taking on the Packers. We may or may not see Matthew Stafford. We're still waiting to figure out what that means, whether or not he plays, whether or not they can win. DeMarco Farr is a Super Bowl champion. He joins us right now. How you feeling, DeMarco? Um, I'm good. So is Slee questionable, doubtful, or out? <laughs> well, did you hear what we were talking about earlier where he didn't even know he was off today until we were about to leave yesterday? He didn't know he was off until after, wow. Yes. What is going on? I don't know. Dude, it's all a ruse. <laughs> this is all a ruse. Sliwa knows exactly what he's doing. This is just how you he means. So? This is how he he's maintains appearances box, huh? for his more exciting life. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Well, you know what? Um, I, I heard that uh, Stafford might be questionable. That's 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 cool. Okay. Uh, that, that gives me some hope. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this, DeMarco. Let's or just, more hope. In, in a hypothetical here, you find out that you asked for a day off of work but you you asked about it in the you know in the few the past and you just forgot but the day before somebody reminds you you're planning to come in on work but somebody says hey you asked for tomorrow off do you take the day off anyway or because you had forgotten about it do you just come to work and say hey, i don't have anything to do i'm coming in oh wow did i set everything in motion like husband and dad wise like kid at school wife thinks i'm yeah, going to work you thought so you the- were going to work right up until someone told you you don't have to Oh my God! You turned straight to the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I think we did it. Yes. Call the massage place on the way over. Absolutely. I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start right here, Demarco. Uh, it's National Sandwich Day. This is the most yeah. important thing. You have one final sandwich to eat. What are you ordering? Wow. Oh my God. Well, you know I changed up the diet, so I'm still yep. working on sandwiches and getting that back but by the way what's the number how much weight have you lost you look great uh you know i got on a scale at dallas um i was nervous um i didn't want to see a bad number anything that began with a three uh happy to report that the first number was a two good for you man yeah i'm down in the twos again good for you that's awesome uh, uh, when i'm doing quick math i think i'm down 47 pounds that's nice congratulations that's terrific yeah, so let's you. let's say you are at the deli. It's the last sandwich you ever get, both pre-diet change and right now. You get two sandwiches. Oh my god! You know what? I, I th- there was nothing I wouldn't do for a great Philly cheesesteak. Does uh, that count? Good choice. Oh, of course, it's a sandwich. Yeah, if that, if it was the last sandwich on earth, I mean, no matter what, I don't care what type of diet I'm on. <laughs> if this is the last sandwich I'm getting. It's gonna be that. That's good. Andy, you approve? I absolutely approve Philly cheesesteak. That's fantastic. Andy was going yeah. Cuban sandwich, DeMarco, and I chose a uh, a French dip. Nice. You know, I'm trying to get to the French dip. Um, I don't get the concept, right? What's to understand? You just I mean, it's dip, pretty close to a cheesesteak. Dip it in the meaty juice. Isn't that kind of messy, though? A little bit. So is a cheesesteak. Okay. All right. Or anything worth doing, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Demarco, seriously, the sandwich that you're choosing as your last, the cheesesteak, is at worst it's a cousin. Of the I was going to say, at worst, it's a second cousin <laughs> to a French dip. The bread is the bread is a little more, you know, softer, and you know, I got the peppers in there, yeah. you know, and the cheese melted, you know. Yeah. Again, but- second cousins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DeMarco, so you're headed to Lambeau Field. Uh, a game on Sunday. Pre-game show starts at 8, kickoff at 10, and post-game show immediately following. That would be the Coors Light post-game show with myself and Kirk. Um, what do you think the chances are that we see Matthew Stafford? He's listed as questionable. He still hasn't practiced all week. Do you think that there's at least a possibility that we might see number 9? Uh, there is a possibility. If he's going into the game questionable, uh, which means they're going to probably take it all the way up to pregame warm-ups. If he feels good, if he can grip the football, then he's going to go. Um, and why wouldn't he? Uh, look, you know, I went back and looked at all the playoff teams, especially the wild cards from last year. All of them had some sort of streak inside of their, their regular season, a, a two-game, a three-game, a four-game. You have to rattle off some sort of streak if you're going to get into that wild card or that playoff realm so i mean the rams 
I think you said it last week, still haven't won two games in a row. Nope. So they haven't had that streak. So uh, to begin a streak, you got to get one. Uh, if, if Matthew Stafford is available, that will definitely help you try to get that one in Green Bay. Uh, their defense is not a bunch of killers, but they're good enough to give you problems if you're turning the ball over. So um, if he gives you the best chance to win, then go with number nine, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this because Green Bay has not been particularly good either. Jordan Love has not looked really good after a, you know, a nice start to the season, but he's not playing well at all. Yeah, there's, super athletic, though. The dude can run. He can he can move around in the pocket. They, that gives the Rams problems. There's one school of thought that you could say, all right, assuming it's safe enough, you could put Matt Stafford out there at like 60% because how good do you really need to be to beat these Packers? You could also say, you know what, put Rippian out there because, again, how good do you really have to be to beat these Packers? Which side of the equation do you look at it with, DeMarco? I, I'm with you. I, I think you're good enough to or, – or, or Green Bay is – they're struggling enough. I think you can beat them with Brett Rippon as your starter. If you're running the football, playing good defense, punting the football, if you can punt the football, Dallas kind of blocked one on you there. But if you're playing that style of ball, I think that's good enough to beat Green Bay if you get into the 20s. Uh, they're having trouble scoring points, period. They're having trouble getting off the field defensively. Not a ton of pressure. I think they only have like 41 quarterback hits, and no, mm. nobody on their roster has more has, has more than nine. So, I mean, they're really deficient in the pass rush category. So I think you can start a Brett Rippon and win that game. But if you've got a healthy Matthew Stafford, that's going to help run them off the field. And I treat Matt Stafford like the Lakers are treating LeBron. I'd use just enough of him or as much as I need to get the win and then yank him as soon as possible. DeMarco Farr, join us before the Packers and the Rams coming up at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Um, so, look, I, I've made this mistake before and been wrong, but it just feels like this is set up. Even even if it's Matthew Stafford with a compromised thumb or Brett Rippon coming in in a, in a, in a relief role, to think that, okay, this is going to be the time where they run the ball a whole bunch. Green Bay is not good against the run. You've seen both Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman have pretty good weeks in the last couple of weeks filling in for Kyron Williams. Knowing what we know with the quarterback, knowing that they don't stop the run really well, it feels like this is a game where you run it like crazy, but I felt like that before and they run it seven times. What am I going to see on Sunday? I would bet they, they run the football. I, I think you're going to see a more disciplined approach. As same game plan you had versus Pittsburgh. Mm. Now, Dallas kind of got away from you, so it is what it is. But the game plan was to run the football, just like it will be at Green Bay. And I have to give you pause just for one minute, Trav. When yeah. you say filling in for Kyron Williams, are you sure? You think I don't they, know. You I think they got it for good? Kyron comes back, right. I mean, Royce Freeman's look great. Absolutely. He is an absolute hammer. And Daryl Henderson is a guy that used to be a starter and came off the couch and has been, has been running the ball well. Mm. Um, but give the credit to the O-line and how they've been blocking and, and opening up holes for whoever's carrying the football. But either way, when you get Ronnie Rivers back, when you get Kyron Williams back, and you have the two running backs that you have right now, it's going to be by committee. And that's great. That's fine. Until you find a hot hand. Maybe you might see someone catch fire like C.J. Anderson. Uh, a couple of seasons ago and pace the offense in that way. So, uh, But I think everyone, when they're healthy, will get a chance to carry the load. This week, Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson will be those two backs for you. Cooper Cup has not looked like himself the last couple of weeks. Like, What are you seeing, DeMarco, in terms of that? What do you think might be accounting for it? You know, I'm not sure if it's him. Uh, it's, it's something up with the connection between Stafford and him. And I, I guess we kind of took it for granted that they look so good in, the, in training camp that they could just pick it right up when he stepped on the field. And uh, I, I think we had a little bit of fool's gold, but they're still trying to figure that out. But eventually they will. Uh, and that's the thing that really gives me hope in Brett Rippon because he was off a little bit in Dallas when he was in the game throwing the Cooper Cup. But he made the right read, and Cooper was open. So with a week of practice, if it is him, maybe those incompletions turned into completions and you've got something going. But I think Cooper Cup, uh, 
will get going at some point and be that guy again. It, I'm so glad you said that, DeMarco, because it, 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 we've seen it happen a couple of times. At least one of them, if not both of them, I'm just going by memory here, resulted in a, in a grounding penalty because they weren't on the same page where Cup turns in, Stafford throws out. We've seen it, and these guys felt like they were sharing a brain for the first two years they were together. I understand that you know it's been a minute since they played with both of them missing the second half of last season, Cup missing the first part of this season, but does that connection, that ability to – I've heard Sean McVay say it like this, they see football all the same way does that go away if you're not playing not well i mean it could i mean look there is no excuse for that you expect better out of the two so don't don't like make it seem like i'm excusing that and sean mcveigh is not excusing that he's not excusing his best tight end tyler hickby dropping passes that Mm -hmm. you should bring in so look all that stuff needs to work itself out but all i'm saying is i think it will with those two guys uh they do see football in the same way and i it's killing them the mistakes they're making and it's killing them that they're killing the football team yeah. with the mistakes they're making. Even the pick six, that was going to cup. And I'm not sure where who was wrong in that situation. All I know is the wrong guy ended up with the football, ended up in, <laughs> in the end zone. So that stuff needs to get worked out. You cannot have that happen, especially on the road. All right. This is this is a, a question, DeMarco, that's kind of based in college football, but I think kind of transcends just football in general. If Michigan had decoded another team's signs – how big of a deal is that? Is that a huge deal? Is that like what the Astros were doing to the Dodgers? Is it a small advantage, or is it as big of a deal as the other Big Ten coaches are trying to make it out to be? You know, I haven't dug in on the story. It's kind of funny to see Harbaugh going through something. You know, I love Harbaugh. It's funny. But uh, it just his facial expressions and his press conferences are hilarious. But So it, it seems like they're stealing, they're going behind teams. And, and really having a system like the Houston Astros of stealing signs and stuff, well, mm-hmm. that's wrong. Now, if you can steal signs on the field by looking and relay that to your sideline, that's all fair game. But if you've got guys that are going on spy missions, digging up information. That's what it sounds and, like. Yeah, Then that's terrible. That's absolutely wrong, and you should be fired. They is it a huge advantage? If, if I know that you're going to run and not pass, is it a gigantic advantage? Okay, next time you guys talk to Kurt or Marshall, bring up Spygate. And I'm on both sides of this. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at Mike Mark saying you should have run the ball more or you would have beat New England. Uh, they say New England had a few plays on him. And I'm like, five plays? Really? He goes, yeah, five plays that we didn't show the world, nobody knew, and they played them like they knew they were coming. Mm. So five games, we've seen it over the last five weeks with the Rams. Five plays can kill an entire football game. So it makes sense. If you're stealing stuff, if you're getting stuff, uh, you know, CIA style and bringing that to the field, that's an advantage. <laughs> that's not fair. You, you, that's, you should suffer some sort of punishment for that. I hate that sort of stuff. That, to me, is cheating. That drives me yeah. nuts. You've played Aaron Donald's position, DeMarco, and it can yeah. be, even when you're celebrated Damn, at... is he that good? It's now his position? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... If I have to choose between you and Aaron Donald, whose position? No, no offense, Demarco. I mean, you 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 won a Super Bowl. You had a you had a terrific career, Aaron Donald. Right. I mean, sorry. We got linebackers, we got nose tackles, and we got Aaron Donald. Yeah, I mean, you were very good, Demarco. I'm not trying to shortchange you, and you know, it was very impressive what you did undrafted, all that stuff. But Aaron Donald, um, you've played the position even when you're celebrated at the level of Aaron Donald, it can be a pretty grinding, thankless position. The way the Rams are right now, what keeps Aaron Donald going and motivated when it can just feel like a slog? Well, you know, he's look, he loves to play, and and make no mistake. I mean, he wants to win, everybody wants to win, and you're disappointed when you lose. But, you know, most of us, and guys like him especially, they love playing football, period. And Someone told me this. I think it was the great Tank Younger. He, I met him when I was a rookie, walking into the building to sign a contract with the Rams. Tank Younger was in the room, and he told me two things. Um, when you retire from football, it's a job where you got to get up and go to work, and he was right about that. And the second thing is, when you can't play football anymore, you can't play football anymore. There, there is no football game, no pickup football game like basketball or yeah. baseball. Yeah, so this is it. So Aaron understands this, and he's maximizing every rep he has. As long as he loves it, he's going to keep doing it, just like Brady. Uh, You kept asking him, when are you going to retire? Why? I'm loving it. Larry Fitzgerald. 
Are you going to retire? Why? I love this. This is football. Same with Aaron. He loves playing football, and he's going to keep doing it as long as he loves it. Last one before we let you go. We're talking with Super Bowl champ DeMarco Farr. Uh, your Huskies just outside of the uh, top four in the college football playoff rankings. They're at number five. They have not looked great in their last two games. Coming to the Coliseum SC this weekend, what happens? You know what? I think they've been playing down to their competition. Uh, they had a big win versus Oregon. That was emotional. I mean, that carried me for two weeks. So, <laughs> And the entire state, when you beat Oregon like that, I mean, it's like a party, but Seattle style. It's all indoors because it's wet. <laughs> Never mind. But anyway. But now you've got SC coming down here. And the last time UW came down here was what, 2015? It's okay. been a while. Yeah, so that game has been hyped. They can't wait. So I, I bet you're going to get the best version of the Huskies, especially when you've got everything in front of you if you can get past SC. So, but I would, I would expect the same thing out of USC. I think it's going to be one hell of a game, but I think the Huskies get them. DeMarco Farr is a Super Bowl champ. He will be on the sidelines for the Rams and the Packers coming up. Sunday at 10 o'clock. Thanks, DeMarco. You got it, man. You got it. Yeah. Pac-12 has two teams right on the doorstep, and if the Pac-12 is good at anything, it's screwing stuff up. <laughs> and tell me that you can't see SC beats Washington, Oregon beats SC the following weekend, and then loses to Washington again in the Pac-12 championship game, and nobody goes. But shouldn't that be really the way the Pac-12 goes out? <laughs> it should out? be their like, song. It feels apropos. It does. Like, I know it, uh, there are people who feel like, you know what, it'd be incredible if the Pac-12, you know, as we know it, as we will remember it, went out in the college football championship. Maybe they win the whole thing. Sure. Sure. It really needs to go out. With a whimper. It, it's been a tire fire for 15 yeah. years. We might as well. I put it out now. <laughs> I want I want to remember the Pac-12 exactly as it wanted to be. Exactly. Yes. Also, the reason why they haven't played in L.A. since 2015 was because they were supposed to play in 2020. Yeah. And they got canceled. So it's like the rotating schedule thing and then also that well, it was canceled. that's when they had the whole north-south thing, yeah. right? And then it was you didn't play everybody every year, and then you would go alternate home and road, and they'd missed it, and... Washington's going to come in and I think clean up. You know, let's do it when we come back, Andy. Let's talk about how this whole thing could go wrong for everybody in the Pac-12. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. I think this is a testament to your impact on the program today, Andy, that we're continuing uh, to get good Ask AKs even deep into the show. So you ready for another one? You're welcome, everybody. Optimus Prime Rib writes... Having lived in L.A. now for many years, what are the biggest misconceptions that outsiders have about Los Angeles? Repeat that again. Uh, Jorge was in my ear. Okay. Having lived in Los Angeles for many years, what are the biggest misconceptions that outsiders have about Los Angeles? That everything is Beverly Hills. <laughs> they all think that all of Los Angeles is Beverly Hills. Specifically, they think the city of Hollywood is Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like one of my favorite things I used to do when friends would visit, they'd all want to see Hollywood. And I used to love to see their faces when they, when saw they would it. walk around Hollywood. Because <laughs> yeah. it is not what they are picturing. But like the reality is, LA is a big blue collar city. There's a lot of middle class, lower middle class, just workers. You know, people think about the entertainment industry and they think about the movie stars, the majority of Hollywood 
is grinders. Yes. And they're day players. And they're guys just doing Gig stuff. Workers. Gig workers. None of it is exotic. None of it, you know, pays you millions. None of it will get you a mansion in the hills. The majority of L.A. is just as blue-collar as any other city associated with being blue-collar. We just have better weather. <laughs> yeah, we have a nice sky. Mm-hmm. It's it's a nice – the other – everybody thinks of Los Angeles as Beverly Hills. I want to add two other parts to that. There, When they think of it, it's Beverly Hills, Venice, mm-hmm. or Malibu. Like, yep. this this is the, the, the movie, the, the – the fictionalized mm-hmm. version of this city that you either live in the beach or you are a movie yeah. star in the hills. Or Compton. I, or Compton. Yeah, or like Compton, the, the, right. the total I, polar opposite. Right. Confess something. So before I moved here, uh, you could have shown me a skyline of LA. I couldn't have I couldn't have labeled it. I didn't know there was mountains. I did really? not know that there was hills in well, I knew there was hills because of Hollywood Hills. Yeah. I didn't know that there was mountains and the mountains were that close and that big. Yeah. I had I just thought it was like okay, because I grew up going to beach places and all beach places near me are all super flat. Mm-hmm. And not that the beaches here aren't like kind of flat, but it's like flat and then mountains. Well, you have the mountain, like the Santa Monica mountains basically fall into the ocean. Yeah, right? exactly. Santa Barbara, the mountains meet the sea. That's kind of what the, the topography is here. I had the exact opposite experience when I moved to Houston. Having grown up in Los Angeles where there are mountains everywhere, you move to Houston and the biggest thing is a freeway overpass. And it's like, and there's so many of them. <laughs> it's nothing. You can but. see for miles. Houston, right, well, you get up there like, oh, I can see more than thirty feet in front of me. This Houston is, is nothing but just freeway overpasses and strip clubs. <laughs> That's all there is in Houston. How dare you not talk about dialysis or blood donation? <laughs> <laughs> because there are there's a lot of that going on there too. Right next to a preschool and a muffler shop and a church. Although you know what? <laughs> and Buca de Beppo. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough. One of the best sushi places I've ever been to was in Houston. Houston's good food city. It is H- a good. H- Houston is a very people in Houston. Wonderful, good food city. As far as like pretty, not so it's an much. Ugly city. From not, uh, not Love so Is Blind this year, the dating scene is also seems to be terrible. In H- I I can't speak to that. I yeah. do know that the women were very lovely in Houston. Sure. When I was there, it was, I was like, oh, okay, this is a nice place if you were a single person. Well, I mean, there's there's that too. There there's certainly that. Um, the, we're talking about the Pac-12. The Oregon's got knocking on wood. Oregon plays Cal this week, so unless they pull an SC, Oregon's going to take care of business against Cal. They're going to get to host SC next week with one loss on their ticket. USC can really screw this thing up. If they beat Washington tomorrow, which unlikely but not impossible, go up to Eugene the following week and give Oregon a loss again unlikely but not impossible in the pac-12 you can make a very compelling argument right now pac-12 is the best conference in america you don't even have to work that hard to do it and they could be out of the entire thing in the because then oregon turns around and goes and beats washington in the pac-12 championship game and nobody goes anywhere here's what you're talking about though with usc versus washington you know the the defense is obviously the consistent issue that you know caps the ceiling for usc but even if their defense isn't great with stopping power all they need is like one or two timely turnovers True. in their favor. It's kind of what they did last year. Right. And then they just score. Like, just score enough, get one or two timely turnovers, and you can send the entire conference into chaos. Like you said, why not? Like, I, I, I am a Pac-12 fan as so a West I. Coast person. My Both of my parents are Oregon alums. Both of my grandparents are SC alums. So I, I root for the Pac-12, generally speaking. But it would be... Just very on brand to have the whole thing. I feel burn like to if, the ground on the final couple of weeks of the year. I feel like if you really love the Pac-12 <laughs> and like you love everything that comes with it, the yeah. good and the bad. You know, like loving your significant other means loving the parts of them that you often don't like. <laughs> you have to embrace the Pac-12 for what it is, which is a mess. I, I don't want to say like money aside because you can never put the money aside. It just doesn't work like that. But Looking at the landscape, looking like the, the the SC schedule came out. Was it yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. Yesterday. They open in Michigan, okay, against the Wolverines, who at this point may be coming off of a national championship or sanctions. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe both. Yeah, maybe both. And also, who knows? Is Harbaugh is still there? Right. Cause... Maybe Harbaugh's down the road. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Just Connor Stallions could be there. <laughs> Connor Stallions in his manifesto will be uh, roaming the sidelines. But not only are you going into a conference that has two of the top four, you're not in the top four 
you're bringing along two roommates who are five and six. Your other roommate is ranked ahead of you in, in both the conference and in the CFP rankings. That This thing that was this giant financial play, and I get it, but was met with tepid enthusiasm at best among your fan base could be a real disaster. It really, truly, I mean, it not, could, not an economic disaster, but a logistical disaster and a performance disaster. Well, I mean, the logistical part of it, they'll make it work. You know, the, I know it sounds crazy, but the athletes involved just might be learning a little less at school. <laughs> <laughs> they just might be ending up with a little less time to devote towards their studies. I'm sure, they're really worried about that. Well, I mean, this is this is honestly <laughs> why the NL NIL part of this is great because we are now pretending less and less that this is what it isn't. Not pro sports? Yeah. I mean, look, there are plenty of student athletes that are there for an education sure. because they are part of sports that either aren't as lucrative or they know that this is the highest level they can play at. Great. And they're bringing something to the school. But when we talk about college sports, we are talking really about football and basketball. And we are talking about a handful of athletes that know they're going to the next level and Honestly, I, they deserve something sure. for what they're bringing to the school. But, like, as far as logistics, like I said, it is it is what it is. The irony is USC is going to have a much more difficult time, but that more difficult time gives them a better chance of actually getting into the playoff. Explain. You, can, you have a much easier chance getting into the playoffs with two losses in that oh. conference versus well, one or maybe even field. none in the Pac-12. Yeah, the field opening up helps, you know, just – yeah, because the twelve teams. The, the, well, the Pac-12 won't even exist, so we're, we'll be down to four major conferences. There's twelve spots. Every conference will get two. The conferences that okay. matter will the Big Ten. I I'll tell you right now, they're getting three next year. They they will have three. The SEC will have three. The ACC, I don't know. The Big Ten or the Big Twelve, I guess. Time will tell, but the the Pac-12 is gone. There's not enough good. At, you can only Notre Dame only takes one. They're going to find a way to get them in there no matter what. And so you basically still have two or three spots right. that are up. And for in the grass. meantime, with the Pac-12, the way it was with the the lack of respect the conference got, whether you think fair, unfair, whatever, you essentially had to like run the table in the Pac-12. One loss, yeah, put you in a really risky position. This I think is the one year, I, first year in a long time where if or. If it goes chalk the rest of the way, Washington beats SC uh, tomorrow, Oregon beats SC a week from tomorrow, and then Oregon and Washington play in the Pac-12 championship game, and Oregon beats Washington, I think Oregon will go with a loss. I think Because that, you avenge your loss. Be, well, avenge the loss, and everybody knows that Washington's a really good team, that Oregon lost on the road by a field goal. They lost on the road because they made a really dumb decision by the head coach towards the end of the game. But... That was never true before. You, you, to your point, and SC might have had the ability to stub their toe. None of those other eleven schools right. did, and that's only because they're USC, and you're only thinking about the ratings and right. whatever, which drives a lot of this to begin with. But you know, two losses in the Pac-12. I don't care who you played; you're never getting it. No, no. Like your two losses could have been your two non-conference brutal opponents. You're done. Hot and cold, coming up next, it's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
All right, so Brock Purdy is on a bye week this week. The 49ers do not play this week. And I so... know. I can't take him in my knockout pool, and I need him. <laughs> take it and, easy, Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we talked about the story where Zach Wilson got in trouble with the New York media because he went to Utah to go apple picking with his girlfriend over his bye week. And New York media, obviously, is very different than the San Francisco Bay Area media. But uh, Brock Purdy was in Iowa this past weekend helping his uh, – his fiance at the at her family farm, and they he was on. I guess I'm assuming this has something to do with corn. Corn but machine, but on a corn machine, <laughs> picking up stuff. So he was working on the farm in his bye week. So do you like this out of uh, Brock Purdy? I, I think that when if you're gonna show up on your bye week, and first of all, I don't care what you do on your bye week. Remember Tony Romo went to Mexico and everybody freaked out because he, he went and relaxed for a few days before he had to go back to work with Jessica Simpson. Oh, that's right. Jessica Simpson was a that part was of that. part of the freak out. You're you're right about that. Um. We all get days off, and you can go do whatever you want in your day off. That being right said, <laughs> that being said, sometimes you don't even know they're coming, and you take them anyway. Uh, the difference is, if it looks like you're just kind of gallivanting around, it doesn't look good. If you're out there running the corn machine, just everybody's like, fiance, that yeah. looks like hard work. Like yeah. he's doing something productive and not just you know taking pictures in cable knit sweaters with my girlfriend in the apple orchard. That's different. But how different is it really? It's not different at yeah. all, but the perception of it is different. True. Uh, what do you feel, AK? Am I right that Brock Purdy sounds like a farmer name? Oh, yeah. 100%. Farmer Purdy? Farmer Brock? Purdy? Yeah. Brock Purdy? This is Purdy Brock? Farms? This is Purdy Brock. Farms? Yes. Purdy, Purdy Farms, Purdy. yes. Yeah. Purdy's a brand of, uh, my dad's a painter, so Purdy's a brand of mm. uh, paintbrushes. So, any any relation? Uh, I hope. <laughs> no, I think Brock Purdy's family owns the jacuzzi empire. thing. His fa- family owns a jacuzzi store. Okay. Yeah. They're in the jacuzzi business? <laughs> yeah. They, I think they talked about it on like, Thursday Night Football or something where they shut down when they had to go travel for games or whatever. But again, I think jacuzzi you know what, stores are Purdy like Purdy just stores. might be a really versatile last name because Purdy jacuzzis also sounds, sounds great. Right. Yeah. I, I trust them. Hey, get, where'd you get your jacuzzi? Got it at Purdy's. It's oh, like, yeah, okay. great. That's where you go. Mayo brought to you by Purdy Farms. We do not put milk in our mayo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, the, the theory I have. Remember the NBA player Landry Fields? I think he's sure. the GM for maybe the, the Hawks, maybe? Okay. I think Landry Fields is the most versatile name I've ever heard it could in be a my quarterback. life. It could be a quarterback, an attorney. It could be an action Southern hero. Okay, I, I don't want an attorney named Landry. <laughs> Oh, Landry Fields here representing yeah, I, the defendant. Landry I'm Fields. Not trusting Landry to get oh, me out of jail. He'd have a little string tie and a white suit. All I'm thinking about is Jesse Plemons from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Landry Fields could be an athletic facility. Sure. It could oh, be an yeah. action hero. It could be the wrong side of town. Be fun. But, but it could also be a really snooty prep school. <laughs> like Landry Fields is the most amazing name I've ever heard in my life. I like this. This goes slightly behind your theory that Clemson is a fake university. Clemson is a fake university. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time for who's cold. And now time for who's cold. Or I guess what's cold. Scooped bagels. All right. So if you're as. Cr- <laughs> what a read. <laughs> <laughs> he ate that line read. Okay. So. Um, a guy who moved to New York from L.A. got kind of upset with the reaction he had when he ordered a scooped bagel from a New York bagel shop. So I'm going to play the sound here real quick. There's nothing more stressful than ordering a bagel in New York City. I just went to a bagel shop here. I'm from Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, if you order a bagel, you walk in, you say, hey, can I get a scoop gluten-free bagel? The person behind the bar is usually like, of course. We have these different options today for gluten-free. Of course, I can do that for you. In New York... I just walked in and asked for a scoop, gluten-free bagel. The guy just looks at me and goes, I'm not scooping your f***ing bagel, bro. It's like, dude, that's how I want it. It's like, get the f*** out of here with that Good. All right. On to the next one, I guess. It's like, does he want the bagel chewed in that guy's mouth and spit back into him? Like, Preacher I don't know. Charlie, so you remember that? <laughs> Scooped bagels. I did not. I had to look up what it was after I saw this TikTok. You never I had no heard idea. Of this? I had never heard of it because it's a stupid idea. But uh, <laughs> I hadn't heard about it before, and so I think that it's very much a. Again, if you're going to go with um, misconceptions about LA, this is very much a misconception, but might be true about LA. It is exactly what we were talking about a segment ago, like the misconceptions. This is the quint. Can I have a scooped gluten-free bagel? Dude, dude go get something else to eat. If you, yes. if you don't want the bagel or the, the inside of the Let's bagel or the gluten, then go get a banana. 
You know what I mean? Like, what, what are you doing? Exactly. Just, just, for your coffee. The bagel shop is not for you. Go go somewhere I, else. I, if you're I vegan, a... don't go and ask for vegan options at a non-vegan place all the time. Like, oh. you must, the world is not catering to you. I have a feeling what put this bagel shop uh, employee over the top, beyond the fact that just they're a New Yorker, which means you're going to be an a-hole <laughs> about anything requested of you, it's... The scooped and gluten-free. Double whammy. Like, <laughs> one or the other, I think this New Yorker could have just looked the other way. You'd go both? <laughs> like, all right, get the hell out of here. I'm not scooping your bagel, bro. First of all, the the whole point of the bagel is the bread. Exactly. It's not just a cream cheese delivery device. That's a part of what it is. Well, sure. But yes, but the crust of the bagel, the outside of the of bagel, is actually the but best what part. What separates the difference between a good and a bad bagel is the fluffiness of sure. the inside and the crunch of the outside. You the want to chew. get that, like yes. you know, well, exactly. Yes. This is somebody who's very clearly. I mean, I, I suppose there's a gluten allergy going on there, but also somebody that's very carb conscious, and they're trying to get. Half their bagel <laughs> with the fillings without all the. Go carbs. get a kale smoothie. Exactly. Go, there, there are, <laughs> go yeah. get an acai bowl. Yes. Yes. Go. There are plenty of viable options for you that do not exist inside that bag. My pro- your emergency is not my problem. <laughs> there's also a difference. Even though I'm behind the counter, <laughs> yeah. you can scoop out. So like, there's sometimes where you make a big Italian sub, big Italian sub, and you have take a little bit of the bread out to torta. make more room for the meats. Yes. So you can stack everything. And same for a torta, you could do that too. This is not that situation. So if anyone orders a scooped bagel around me, I'm having the same reaction as that New York City guy. <laughs> I'm with you. I, so that sandwich thing you're talking about, where you scoop out the middle so you put more meat. Have you guys ever had the where they do like those pressed sand, the pressed fridge sandwiches, like you're talking about, where they do take out a good piece of the middle bread. Fill it with meat so it's just the outside, and then you put it in the fridge with like something very heavy on top of it, like a brick. And it, I don't know what the science behind it is. It's like a lasagna, but it kind of fuses it to get it's unreal. It that is, sounds good, it is very oh, good. Does the, bread, bagel. does the bread <laughs> remain supportive though? Yes, okay, it, like quite firm actually. Okay, and it's because just... you, the soft spot's been mostly exactly. removed. Oh yeah, and the torta you do the same thing. You cut it in half or whatever, and you scoop it out, and it's only the soft parts of it, of it, and then you make this ball out of it. I like taking that and like putting it in coffee, dude. Oh, Ooh, but man. this guy is giving LA people a bad rap in New York City. Yeah, here. we do it pretty well on our own. We're pretty good at giving ourselves <laughs> a bad rap. Who's hot and who's cold is brought to you by Next Gen. Next Gen, the official AC, heat, and plumbing company of SoCal sports fans. Call eight three 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 Next Gen or visit nextgenairandplumbing.com. Andy, can I complain to you for half a second, please? So, the CIF football playoffs start tonight. The Dana Hills Dolphins are in the playoffs. And he's the, a football family Dolphins. Now. Yeah, we, we're a football family <laughs> in the Rogers oh, household. How, how's your son's quarterback career going? It, well, he's gotten in twice. Limited action, but he has stepped onto the field. So has he acknowledged good. now a little bit harder than he expected? A <laughs> little bit harder than he thought. Uh, Dana Hills won the league for the first time in the history of Dana Hills High School. Go Dolphins. School opened in, I think, 1971 or two. 50-year high school, first league championship ever. Never done it without Michael Rodgers. That's right. He's one for one. I don't know what is so hard about it. Uh, they got center on the road. They have to play a road game. They're the league champs. They were 8-2, and two, and they're on the road, which means – and here's the, the crux of my complaint. Well, double complaint. Number one, I don't get to do the PA, which I love, love, love doing. And number two, I got to drive to Ontario at 5 o'clock in the afternoon Ooh. today. The, yeah. Today? Ooh. Yeah. What's that, M? Today? Today. In Ooh. the afternoon. Oh, on a Friday you get there at 8 p.m.? Well, the game is at 7. Okay. So, from my house in South Orange County to Ontario oh. to arrive at, Goodness I'd like gracious. to arrive about 6.30 or so. Five? Let's start now. Oh, so. Five? That's I, I, my, that's I did. My, that came yeah. out weird. Am I having a stroke? <laughs> that's that did come out weird. That's about my place. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know a spot? Uh, I can look up some spots. <laughs> so Michael says to me, he goes, hey, uh, Dad, uh, you going to the game? I'm like, of course I'm coming to the game. Yeah, I want to, I want to see the Dolphins play. He goes, can you take a bunch of my friends with you? <laughs> uh, sure. So I'm going to have in the back of the Silverado, we're going to have some Dolphin fans getting ready for the game. How many will have shoes on? Uh, Michael's friends are shoes. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> They are properly shooed. Yes. This is a Bobby issue. This is not a community issue. Okay. This is not a... So strictly Bobby. It is a Bobby-related no, Michael's issue. Michael's issue is showering in the middle of a football oh, yeah, game when the company's over. So we had some people over uh, to watch SC Notre Dame. We did taco guy, the whole thing. Michael and a bunch of his friends come, and that's fine, and they're eating tacos. Michael, in just the middle of the party, 
we have a bat one bathroom downstairs. There's two upstairs. One downstairs just decides he's going to monopolize the downstairs bathroom for a nice long shower. <laughs> in, in the middle, in the middle of it, like Jorge says to me, he goes Michael in the shower. I'm like, well, he got a towel, dude. What's with the towel and his hair? Just jump in the shower. <laughs> Does your daughter lack common sense too, or is it just the sons? It's no, she she is. Without a doubt, the most capable of the three. <laughs> it's 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 not even close. Like if you now the other two, if you like the proverbial, if you just dropped them off in the middle of nowhere and say get home, they'd both get home. She would probably panic a little bit, but she would prevent being dropped off somewhere she wasn't familiar with to begin <laughs> right. with. Okay, they they're the ones that are likely to just wander like how the hell did I get here? I'll figure it out. She's a she's much more uh, tactical, shall okay. we say? Yes. Oh, well, by the way, shout out to my daughter. Her middle school volleyball team yesterday finished their regular season undefeated. No kidding. Let's go. 8 0. Nice. They only lost one game along the oh, way. So they were just mopping the floor yeah. with people. And this was actually really cool. The game yesterday was at the middle school, the charter school that Russell Westbrook founded. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was actually really cool to see, like, the fruits of his labor. And, yeah. Like, you know, the, the effort that he put into this and, like, you know, Russ loves L.A., and he He's loves being from L.A. Like, yeah. this was really, really cool to see. That's very cool. The Dump, coming up next, it's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. All right, I've I mentioned this a few times. We'll, we'll shoehorn it in right here. Dodgers gave Max Muncy a two-year extension for about $12 bucks a year. Fine. Max Muncy hit, what, 35 home runs, drove in 100. He had a really nice year. Max Muncy is a very – effective hitter strikes out a lot hits for a low average but does pick up a lot of home runs and drives in a lot of runs terrible defensive player um that's fine but when when i saw it andy like the first thing that goes through my mind is they're literally going to do it again they're just going to run it straight back again with the same crew i know that there'll be a few new faces there always are a few new faces but they are literally and this is not a max muncie issue I'm, I'm perfectly fine with them extending him he's, he's fine but it's just here we go again. Even though we still got what four or five months before spring training, and I'm already frustrated with the fact that this is going to be a repeat of what we've seen already. Does that mean you're now becoming less confident they're getting Otani? I don't know if because we, clearly if they get Otani, it's not the it, same thing it, over it, and it's over. Not. He, it, it's not. He. It's not. You full stop. It's not. But they will go shopping in the luxury aisle occasionally. They got Freddie. They got Mookie. They'll do that. And and. Otani is is that but I also think that the general the reason Otani's different is because Otani's so blank and good but the culture of it all really doesn't change much the full the philosophy the philosophy of it all really doesn't change very much and just the whole well let's run it back again it's just I don't know maybe it's just PTSD from them going out as quickly as they did watching the Rangers just show up and punch their ticket on their first try basically it's just I'm still deeply frustrated by the whole thing so basically it's like they occasionally shop on Rodeo Drive yep and then they do a lot of shopping at you know relatively speaking Target yeah every now and then just go to Nordstrom like it's not the most expensive place but it's slightly overpriced yes go to Macy's but it's Macy's but it's also Good. It's good. The, the quality is good. Quality is good. Are you paying maybe 15% more than you should? Yeah, you are, but you're really rich. And the, the thing I'd like more than anything else, and again, maybe Otani blows this out of the water, or maybe it doesn't change at all. I don't know, because who knows what Otani's going to do. I want to change the energy surrounding that team. I, I want to change this, the, the, this super buttoned up, very professional. We go about things in a very specific way. We don't really all violate our own rules. We, we've got our methodology, and we're dogmatic in following that methodology. I would like to see that energy altered, not drastically, but slightly. We were talking before the show, like how the idea that none of us have any insight whatsoever oh about what Otani's going to do. Like, none. He, like, if he decided just, you know what, Baltimore Orioles, there's a part of everyone to be like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, we, yeah it would be, <laughs> really? Uh, okay. Like, I mean, because there's been no indication from Otani that the, that the Orioles make no sense for him at all. Like, no. we know nothing about this guy. There was a piece in the LA Times, I think Sarah Valenzuela wrote it um, yesterday or the day before, about the – order of operations and where he might go and, and this is not a criticism of her at all because she's just one of many people that are covering him 
And the only thing we know is something that he said once two years ago, which is, well, I'd like to win. Well, okay. That, that's the most benign thing that anybody could really say. Beyond that, it's all speculation. It's all, hey, you know, he's a New Balance athlete. Okay, well, where's their headquarters? Boston. He might go to Boston. Oh, okay. How often does he need to be at the headquarters? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, n- nobody knows, and not only knows anything about what he may do or may not do, nobody knows much about him. It's He's completely unknowable. But here's the thing. If that means something to him, like if he really cares about the idea of I want people to know nothing about me, I don't want to be obligated to have to tell anyone about me. That could be the case for him returning to the Angels because he knows they will allow him to live the Run professional his own program. Yeah, they allow him to live the professional lifestyle that he wants. It's and it's not an it's not out of left field for a new employer, to, the other 29, to say, "Listen, we're going to spend a half a billion. Can we be in the room when you make some of these decisions? Can we offer a rehab plan? Can we talk about your workload? Can we talk about how you prepare for these things?" And he may just say, "You're getting me that I will give you my services. Beyond that, you are not involved in this. He could say, not only are you not allowed in the room, I'm not going to tell you where the room's located. <laughs> You're going to have no idea what house, what building <laughs> <Or> these, <laughs> these decisions are taking place in. You could give him the money anyway? You do it anyway? Uh, most people do. I think yeah. probably do too. I don't think he's getting what he was before. I think he'll get really close to it because – I think everybody knows that somebody's going to say blanket, give it to him anyway. Just right. do it. But it's part early. of the but part of the reason though you were going to say blanket, give it to him anyway, was when you thought you were getting Cy Young pitcher, silver slugger hitter. Yep. You're likely moving forward to get way more of the hitter than the pitcher. I I, I completely agree. But let's, let's let's say the Dodgers were the leader in the clubhouse, right? And that the Mariners were a little bit of a longer shot. And then the injury happens, and the Dodgers say, okay, hold on, let's recalibrate exactly what it is we're buying. We're buying. The hitter still is an A+, plus, but the pitcher now has a big question mark on it. The Mariners will be saying, blanket. Yeah. Give them, give them yeah. what you're going to say. Here's a standard contract. Right. Everything Fill is filled in. out. <laughs> Just put the number there. <laughs> We're good. The in-season tournament in the NBA begins today. Here's what I know about it. I know that the teams that reach the finals will have one additional game over the rest of the field. I know that there's pods. I know that there's a little bit of money on the line for the players and the coaches. I know that they will have different floors. That's it. Starts tonight. LL Cool J and the Roots redid Mama Said Knock You Out as the official tournament theme song. Cool. Yeah, that's fun. Do I need to know anything else, or is this just a a something that I'm either going to like, not like, or not pay attention to, and it's going to be what it's going to be? We're not the audience. We, like, people of our age range, Jorge's age range, Emily's age range, like, people who've become adults with the conception of what the NBA is – we are not the audience. The audience is people my daughter's age, people Jorge's daughter's age, like kids that you can get them into this. We're going to know in 10 years whether this worked or not. Like, don't judge it, good or bad, in terms of and success. just exposure to it will or will not garner their attention? Just eventually over time, does this become something that they are interested in? Just the idea of the the championship inside the championship emily is very good at calling me an old man so get ready to call me an old man again for this do i just not get it because it's not for anything like it's not for a playoff seat it's not for a draft pick it's the money i get but it's not even enough money really to turn a fan's head i get where if you're a player maybe it does but it doesn't give me a buy it doesn't give me an extra home like there's nothing i get to hang a put a trophy in in theory it's heightened competition but what are we competing for? The first ever NBA Cup. That's what it is. That's yeah. all they say in the commercials. Okay. I mean, it's. I get it. It's like a, Do I just not get it? Is that the, my the, problem? The way I see it is like- No, yeah, I think you actually get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a tournament within a tournament. Like, what's the point? Just getting a cup. That's it. Like, yeah. what for? It's not. They're not playing extra games. Until it has prestige attached to it, we won't care. Well, and here's the thing, too. They may start tweaking it, start adding stakes to it. Like- I doubt what it is right now is exactly what it'll be in 10 years. Like, you know, it doesn't have to remain static in terms of the incentive structure. Sure. But like, you know, for example, I remember there there was talk about, you know, excuse me, if you end up winning this thing, you automatically get into the playoffs. Yeah. That is a horrible idea. Why? To, because you're, 
you're already dealing with the issue of oh, maintaining, shut it down. maintaining interest in the entire NBA season. You lose interest if one team has punched their ticket into the playoffs in November. That completely defeats the purpose of the play-in tournament. It defeats the purpose of all the different stuff that they're trying to do to make the regular season spicier. What, what if it's simple as this? Like, if you win it, and and no matter where, if if you win it and if you qualify for the playoffs, you get an extra home game. And, and I get, like, because that has real value in it, right? Or at least potentially it has real value. That And, and it's a great incentive to try to win it because you want it, and it's a great but incentive here's the to problem. try to avoid that okay, team Okay, here's the, the problem with that, though. Say you make it in, but you're an eight seed. You're taking a home game away from a number one seed that outplayed you over the entire season? Yeah. I mean, I... Win the in-season tournament. Win the in-season tournament. And by the way, the one seed is inherently better than the eighth seed, and so this shouldn't be a... But but that's one of... There's an economic component to it. I get it. There's an economic component, but also one of the rewards of getting the number one seed is home court advantage. So get it back if you can beat the eighth seed. (laughs) You just got to knock them out. Today was the day back in 1996... November 3rd, 1996, that 18-time NBA All-Star Kobe Bryant made his NBA debut, a 91-85 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Kobe debuted in the NBA today. Fun fact, I believe his first point was scored at the free throw line. Okay. I'm like 99% sure. You know what? Like There there are a million different memories. There's a million different games and shots and all of these things, and the, his aura right just do who he was i think is kind of permeates what people think about him first and foremost for for me i love that he was so far ahead of the curve in knowing what he was before anybody else did now he's a first round pick he's the son of an nba player all of these things but he knew that i'm just not an nba guy i'm going to be one of the best players in the league i'm going to be one of the best players of all time he knew that as a high school player no, no one else maybe jerry west might have known no one else did kobe was a big believer in the power of mythology like i think mythology fascinated him but he also believed in the power of it and in a lot of ways at a very young age he was entrenched in creating his own mythology yeah and like mythology that he made good on but he he believed in that stuff but there are guys that believe it that can never deliver on it to your point he actually delivered on it what's up milk and mayonnaise hey i made a big (laughs) batch of mayo last night uh you stir the milk really really fast Um, that's called frothed milk yeah no it's and uh and made a blt afterwards little Delicious with the homemade mayonnaise. Let's do a little super cross talk. <laughs> Ireland is in Orlando getting ready for tomorrow's game against the Magic. John, how's uh are you at Disney World? Where you go are to Epcot? You right now? What are you we are doing? Li- we are literally at Disney World right now. Oh We're nice. At one of the Disney World hotels, and Billy Mack has taken a crew to Epcot uh in about an hour. Oh wow. I'm gonna hits. be here with you people, so I'm not going. So did you didn't get like an early morning Space Mountain in or anything like that? I got an early morning eighteen in Trav. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, and it's already four o'clock here. Sure. Um how'd it go? Good. What are you playing? Are you playing out of traps that are Mickey look Mouse like Mickey shaped. Mouse traps? There was one yeah. that was shaped like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. But all right, so I want to ask you guys something though. Did any of you, any of the three of you, watch, it was on NBA TV, watch the Suns-Spurs game? Yeah, I saw some of it. I just saw highlights. I saw highlights also. Andy, I've only had this feeling twice before. The first time was with Shaq, and the second time was with LeBron. But I think we've seen the new face of the NBA for the next 15 years. He he looked phenomenal. I, I can't believe this kid is 19. And I can't believe he has that skill set. For people who don't know what we're talking about, Victor Wembenyama last night, who he's had a lot of hype around him, but last night was his coming out party. 38 points, 10 rebounds, blocking shots. Defensively everywhere. I mean, Mace, he was altering almost every shot. And here's the weirdest thing. At the end of the game, when you thought Phoenix was coming back, the the Spurs jumped. Wembenyama got hot, and the Spurs jumped up by 20. Phoenix comes all the way back, and with four minutes to go, it's tied. And Wimbenyama just puts the Spurs on his back. He scores eight of their last 12 points, including two threes. 
And he, I, I mean, the guy is just ridiculous. I don't even know how to describe him. A- Andy, how would you describe this guy to somebody who hasn't seen him play? The fluidity at his size is what stands out to me. Just, just like the, he just is scary. so, he is so graceful at like what is it, seven five, seven six? Yeah, he's he's at least seven five because he was standing next to Durant, and Durant is seven feet tall. Michael has stood next to Durant and says Durant's a legit seven. And Wimbenyama was four or five inches taller than Durant. Like easy, the skill set that he has at that size. Like it, it's interesting. Like I used to say that Steve Nash was the most just purely coordinated athlete in the NBA. Just like his ability to control games with that relative lack of athleticism and like the preci- had, the precision he that he played with. You guys, you probably saw it in the highlights. He had one shot where he did a spin move on the left block. And they cut him, his defender cut him off at the rim. So he just stretched his arm like go go gadget to the <laughs> what other I was gonna side say. of the rim and laid it in like it was nothing. Weminyama may be the most coordinated athlete in the NBA now. Just like when you think about how difficult it is to do the stuff that he does at that size, like it's unusual to see that type of just fluid motion when you are that long and like yeah. gangly for for me that that's it it's like sometimes you'll see like i think sean bradley manupol mirozan they're just so big right? right that they alter the game just by the fact that they're out there and they're around the basket he's tall like those guys but he plays like he's six five right. well there's a gracefulness yeah, about and, him and a, that you a, don't see agility yeah it just yeah. It, yeah. It, he's it Durant, look awkward five inches taller his coordination is unbelievable it's that's the thing that's really jumped out of me and just tipping balls and stopping shots and block i mean just like a machine and he's not scared you can see that's he is another not scared yeah, he's, at he all. seems grown up yeah. skin. and the the other play that i was just sitting here in my hotel room by myself with my jaw dropped was one time they they ran a trap at um at the point guard and Wembenyama rolled to the rim but he was covered he had like two three guys on him and the point guard just threw the ball like 11 feet in the air where no one else could get it but him. And he caught it and just finger rolled it in. I don't know how people are going to guard this guy. It, I mean, what do you do? There, there's not like there's an extra seven foot five guy lying around to try to defend him. Yeah, there's not, a, there, there's there, not there, any there, answer. This could be one of those unanswerable questions. I remember Tom Tolbert, who you guys all remember, sure. played for the Clippers. He does a radio show up in San Francisco. Yep. Um, he was teammates with Shaq in Orlando. Mm hmm. And he said at one point, he goes, if if Shaq ever became a good free throw shooter, they literally have to change the rules because he would be unguardable. That there there would be no answer to how big and strong and fast and powerful he is because if you foul him, he's just going to get three points every time. Right. What do you do? There's no answer. Could that be this? Where there just literally is no answer that if he's having a good but night, he's, a good he's just going to hammer you. That's what I'm saying. But he's just there. There isn't an answer. He, you don't have anybody big. You, you, if you put somebody that tries to muscle him, he'll take him out, outside and he can shoot and he can put right. him on the floor. That there isn't an answer to this particular question. All right. So the other thing the NBA does is they keep clutch stats. Clutch stats are basically any game that's in the last five minutes and within five points. Yes. Um, the number one clutch player so far after five games is LeBron. He has the most points Makes of anybody sense. in that scenario. Number two is Luka. Yeah, he's he's off to a who, crazy who also, start. Luka also leads the NBA in scoring, 33 yeah. points a game. And number three is Wemby at 19. Mm. I mean, I, I, I just think he's so in much. In his second week in the NBA. Mace, in his fifth game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> LeBron had a game like this. Uh, I heard uh, Zach Lowe talking about it this morning on Get Up. LeBron had a game like this, but it was in game 65. Yes. Wembenyama had it in game five. In the meantime, too, like the numbers may not be jumping out the same way, but Chet Holmgren has also looked really, really good with the Thunder. This could become a thing. Like Wembenyama, Holmgren, if they can both stay healthy, because they're both going to be really good at that size, both able to play inside and out, both able right. to really Similar mess things. Yeah, able to mess things up defensively. Like 
that could be really fun moving forward. All right, I want to I want to play something for you, Ireland. You were in traveling yesterday, and I, I just found out about this. What Andy, an hour or so ago? Yeah, that. And I yeah. just want to point out, I was doing a masterful show at this point. Me and Andy, masterful show yep. yesterday. So I, I did, let's just play this. You take a listen to this. Will Levis is the quarterback for Tennessee now. He's famous for two things. One, he puts mayonnaise in his coffee, which makes more sense than you actually think. Initially, it sounds gross. It does. Then gross. you then you realize it is just a form of milk that you're putting in there. No, it's not. No, it's, not. it's a form of eggs and oil yeah, that you're putting eggs in and your oil. coffee. Okay. There is no milk in mayonnaise. Are you sure? 100 percent sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should see Cody's face back there. Right? Isn't there? His hands on there his has head to be so milk in mayonnaise. <laughs> no, there does not. Have Why? To be. Why does that not make sense? <laughs> yeah. Why does that not make sense? All Cody's like, white uh, don't have milk. Well, no, but... All right. Yeah. Look that up, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you finally get a... Red? First first of all, John, you've, you've worked with Mace for a, a very long time. That sounded to me 100% sincere that he really believed milk was in mayonnaise. Am I wrong? Uh, you're not wrong. Mason has said uh, thousands and thousands of really ridiculous things. <laughs> and go ahead and run this one right to the top. Doesn't uh, it make sense no, that there would be no. milk in Why? mayonnaise? No, only in your in your weed tortured brain. <laughs> it is. Does that make? It is white. It looks like congealed milk. marshmallows in in mayonnaise. They're white. Mm. No. Mace, are... I got a pair of Nikes on that are white. Did, 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 they got milk in those? Hey, hey Greg, can you milk me? It's <laughs> <laughs> an all-purpose line. Just the, the, the whiteness of it all doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. There's a lot yeah. of things that are white that don't have the milk in them. The best part was how strident Mace was <laughs> in insisting this, that we were just all wrong. Right. Although I will say this. There have been, over the years, <laughs> at least 50 times. I'm not... I'm not exaggerating 50 is probably a low estimate that mason has said a word and i've said to him that's not a word and i can't remember a time when we looked it up and mason was wrong it's always a word he he so sometimes when he says this crap it's actually right this this time it's just there are right. words stuck in my head that occasionally come out and they seem really too big for me but then they turn out to be exactly what i, I meant well okay 100 I, I believe that because you're a bright guy you have a vocabulary super That's smart you go super smart that milk i'll is, stop it bright you know, yeah bright you've, 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 you've tasted mayonnaise yeah, that could be milk. No, it can't. No, no, no. This is the whole point. It's You're spreadable not Michael milk. K. You've had a condiment. That's oh, revolting. Spreadable milk. It's revolting. Nobody's yeah. with me on this. Come on. Well, we're not with you because it's just wrong well, on every it is, possible no, level. No, I looked. I, I Googled it. <laughs> I liked it. You had to. You will take Google's word for it, but not the word of everyone else. Correct. In the room. I googled it, and so yes, you guys are right, and I was wrong. <laughs> Just that one. Time. That's the only thing I got wrong yesterday, isn't it? Andy? No, you were you were on point yesterday. Were you throwing was, a no hitter yesterday? Oh God, I was like Zach Gallen in Game Five of the World <laughs> it Series. It didn't end great for him. Did not either. end well. No, it didn't end well for me. He, he threw a no hitter up to that point, but then somehow managed to give up a grand slam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With nobody else. On base. Yeah, got lit up there. Got lit up at the it's end. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Uh Anthony Davis leads the NBA in minutes per game. John, that can't be good, right? Well, he leads the league in minutes per game, and LeBron and D'Angelo Russell are also in the top ten. Mm. So three of the three of the top ten guys are Lakers. It's not ideal, but well, I'll, I'll just throw it at you guys. If there's five minutes to go and everybody is over the minute limit that you have in your head, but the game is tied. What do you you got no choice. You don't win the game without LeBron and AD on the floor. Right. So I think that, that uh, circumstances have dictated that a little bit, Trav. Is the solution not to worry that the, the end of the game, you got to have LeBron, you got to have AD. I get that. But the solution needs to be you got to find a way to stay in games in the second and third quarter without having to play those guys those minutes that whatever that middle of the roster is needs to play better. Well, right now the whole middle of the roster is hurt. They're missing yeah. four rotation guys. But, Trav, an easier solution would be – don't fall behind by double digits in the first quarter. An easier yeah, solution. Don't, like they, don't like start they the have game in a four ditch. of their five I games. Mean, honestly, an easier solution would be Austin Reeves stopped playing so badly. Well, he played a little better. He played in the last better in the second half. He did, half but I think that I think that is a very big reason 
It's not the only reason, but it's a big reason that they've started slow. How far into the season, if this continues, before you say, hey, what the heck? Because right now it's five games. It's a, it's a slow start. He January the 1. Summer. Are you giving them that long? Yeah, January 1. A couple more months. Yeah, my This is what I think is going to happen. I think these guys are going to get healthy, start playing together better, and you're not going to need to play LeBron 42 minutes in a game. I, that's, I think that's their concept. But if Reeves is, continues to sputter a little bit. I, I don't believe Reeves is going to continue to sputter, though. He's too good. I, I, I thought he I, turned a corner in the last game. I thought he turned hopefully. a corner in the Clipper game. Hopefully. It, it, yeah. it doesn't last till the first of the year. If, it, if, it, if we're at Thanksgiving and beyond, it's like that. that's a long time for a player who we all believe is a good player to be that off the mark. All right, would this work? I've, made, I've, I've done this with Mason, but let me just ask you guys before you get out of here. What if you just set LeBron up on this schedule? He plays the first six minutes of the first quarter, the first six minutes of the second quarter, the first six minutes of the third quarter, and all of the fourth. That's exactly 30 minutes. Would that work? I think it's probably not enough. I think you need to be playing LeBron about 32 or so, but I think you're on the right track. Um, something like It's kind of what they've been doing. Like I, I took a look at his first, second, and third, fourth quarter minutes. He's been averaging so far this season about 10.5 in the fourth quarter, and the rest of them are somewhere like 7 or 8 range. So that's so dial John, that back a little. Yeah, I mean, John, you're actually more or less online. I just don't know if you can do 30 minutes. And the question is, if it starts to get out of hand at the end of the first quarter, early part of the second, when do you bring him back in to Correct. try to stop the well, bleeding? Remember, under my plan, he's in for the first six minutes of the second quarter. So you would have to fall apart in the last six minutes. First of six the first minutes quarter. of each quarter, and then the okay. entire fourth quarter. Okay. Yeah, but what if we that right? Right. What if that's time, not like that wasn't enough the other night? I mean, yeah. you find out you find you're in a hole against Phoenix I mean, or against the Clippers. Need to get healthier, and the middle of the roster needs to play. And, and the, look, that the West is everything. The West is too good, and the Lakers' schedule opening is too difficult. You have to worry about the later. Later, you got to win these games now. We've settled it. No milk and mayonnaise. You're, to you're the board? best of my knowledge. <laughs> Super to the Cross best of my knowledge. Is brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out. That's what a hamburger is all about. We'll see you Monday.